Hello again, everyone. This is Fort Wayne Mayor Tom Henry, and you're listening to a new episode of the Mayor Tom Henry Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 74, recorded on Monday, February 21st, 2022, from Citizen Square in downtown Fort Wayne. Now, on today's episode, I'm happy to welcome someone who has served our community in several different capacities over the years. And most recently, he took over a critical position that impacts the lives of many in our community, especially in our city's emergency medical services area. I'm pleased to have Joel Benz on the program. He serves as the executive director of the Three Rivers Ambulance Authority. Joel, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Good morning. It's nice to be here. I want to jump right into the main topic, and that is a Three Rivers Ambulance uh, Service and the Three Rivers Ambulance Authority. Now, Gary Boer used to be the executive director, and uh, he retired, and he retired rather quickly, so it kind of puts you in a real awkward position as far as having to really jump in and get your feet wet right away. But following his retirement uh, last year, you were approved unanimously by the Ambulance Authority Board, which, again, I think is a real compliment to you. I know that board, and for them to get a unanimous decision uh, isn't easy. It's kind of like our county council. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> or, or any board. Really, uh, that is right? true. <laughs> but I know that you have extensive experience in the emergency medical services arena. Can you share some of your background with our listeners? Sure. Uh, so I was hired to work at TRA as a medic about almost 20 years ago. 20 years ago this year. And so I've kind of worked my way up through the ranks, started as a just a regular paramedic and then moved into some leadership roles, took over bike medic program, took over, became a 110, which is our assistant supervisor program, and then eventually moved into a full-time supervisor role. Uh, I spent a little time cross-trained into dispatch, um, uh, was a field training officer, which is what we use to train incoming folks, new folks. And so uh, virtually almost any position in there I held at, at, at some point or another. And then I had some outside positions too. I worked part-time on Samaritan on the helicopter mm-hmm. um, doing their, well, their MIC, which is their critical care transport, and then also on the flight pro team. So uh, a little bit of experience there and just kind of broadening the horizon. So I've... my gosh, uh, what a background. <laughs> what made you get into this field? You know, uh, being a, a a paramedic or someone involved in that level of care because it's all it's all emergency care. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not just going into the physician's office with the flu. I mean, you're you're called to uh, to positions that again are extremely critical in nature. That sometimes are life and death situation. What in the world ever called called you to get into into that type of of work. Yeah, you know, I think I was, you go back a ways, and I never thought that I would do something like that, you know, but I was raised by parents that, you know, trained me to think about others first, and so um, I, I ended up in a program, and they had an EMT program in there, and they and I thought, well, I'll try this and just see, and did, did some ride-alongs, and through the course of the program, and man, I was hooked, like <laughs> that kind of adrenaline rush, and the Uh, You just get to do things and go places and see things and then help people in ways that really there are very few other jobs that really give you that opportunity. And so it's just kind of a unique and it just kind of fed into who I was, you know, so. Well, since I don't particularly like the sight of blood, I I, uh, (laughs) probably not. It's probably not my my, uh, calling. But uh, 
you you mentioned that different experiences and so on. Can you take us through, or is there a typical day? I, 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 it probably isn't, but what would be a relatively typical day in the, in the life of someone with the Three Rivers Ambulance Service? Yeah, well, you know, our days start and end pretty much the same. We, we, the 525 Hayden Street is where our base is downtown here, and so we go there at the start of our shift and uh, check out an ambulance, get your radios, and make sure you got everything you need for the day, and then you head out. So that's a pretty typical end, beginning, and then the end is kind of the same way. You come back in, turn your stuff in, and go home. But kind of in the middle, every day is really, you know, very radically different. You don't know yeah, what's coming your way. And now, in, in some cities, though, uh, you they park their ambulances at fire stations. Sure. Uh, but we don't necessarily. We you have them strategically put around town. Mm-hmm. Computer and, modeling. Okay. And so, if if Fort Wayne is if we have one ambulance, it goes in the middle of Fort Wayne, right? So that it can respond to whatever comes up and be in the best position. If we have two, one goes north and one goes south. If we have three in service, we just kind of strategically spread them out. You know, mm-hmm. we based on roads and how how access to certain areas of Fort Wayne. And then, you know, if one goes on a run, then the other's repositioned. So in those, so our shifts are 12 hours. And when we come in, we spend 12 hours, I say, in our office, which is the front of an ambulance. So we spend a lot of time, you know, just driving around, moving around, shifting around, just so that we're in the right position when somebody calls 911, that we can respond and have somebody close by. It's called system status management. So those are they based then on uh, historical data based upon uh, the history of calls in a particular part of town? Yeah, that's the computer modeling part of it. So it it says okay, you know, at noon, you know, we seem to get a rush of you know people getting in accidents in restaurant parking lots or ah. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and so it it will position a little bit. I'll be but, darn. Yeah, and then we also use you know obviously roads that are important arteries to get sure. certain directions, and so we try and. Yeah. Put put ambulances. In well, I do know that there are several intersections in town that are famous for having traffic accidents. One of them is right in front of my office. Uh, but uh, so I, I I assume that again through the computer modeling uh, data that you know where they are as well. And there's probably an ambulance not too far from those intersections at any given time. Yep, we call them hot spots. There we go. <laughs> well, when you took this role. Uh, as the new executive director, obviously you were uh, now re- you are now responsible for a number of medics, a uh, number of vehicles, and so on. Uh, but I also know you came in with uh, facing a, a, a number of challenges, everything from financial reimbursement from the federal government to a shortage of medics, uh, and so on. Uh, what changes have uh, are you in the process of making? Have you made any? I, I assume you have. And and uh, what kind of changes have you made to, to try to make this the best service possible? Yeah. Well, so over the last few years, we've just lost a lot of folks for various reasons. And so staffing really was the number one issue when I came in, like I knew that it needed addressed. And so we put a number of things into place. I think you may have heard about Earn to Learn before. That was kind of where never before have we really had a pipeline to bring folks in. We've always relied on kind of getting folks that are already interested in the field into um, an EMT class somewhere else. But So we started our own EMT class. We're paying folks to go in and do that take and work through that whole process and then get them released onto the streets. And so we, we had last July, we had about 46 folks. Uh, right now we're up to 55. And so 
we're, we're, you know, slow progress, but it takes, you know, it takes a couple months just to get somebody through an EMT class. And then, you know, you don't want to just dump somebody out on the class, out on the street with no experience. You Mm got to train them, you know, actually on how we do things more than just in the classroom (laughs) setting. And so that takes some time. And so, you know, just now, actually, the end of this month here, these folks should start actually getting on the streets, being released, and then hopefully being out there making a difference. And then, you know, so that so what everybody's been judging us on has been priority one compliance, which is, you know, those life-threatening emergencies, difficulty breathing, heart attacks, strokes, stuff like that. And um, for years, we've had a, a standard of eight and a half minutes. We'll have an ambulance there 90% of the time. And that's kind of been the measure of success for Fort Wayne and for a lot of services mm-hmm. nationwide. And so, yeah. So once these folks get out there, hopefully we'll start seeing some improvement okay. in that number. We haven't seen it yet. but So, Joel, I'm a, I'm a high school senior, let's say, or, or I'm in college, and yeah. I'm not sure the courses that I'm taking really fit my desire. So I, I want to become a paramedic. I, I want to work for Three Rivers Ambulance Service. What do I do? <laughs> Get on the Internet. There's okay, an so application. So go on the Internet. Yep. Trajobs.com. Trajobs. T- that's T-R-A-A, jobs. Mm-hmm. .com. Yep, and look us up. There's an application there. And so the neat thing is, because of this program, you know, we could bring somebody in like that, pay them for their time, pay them to be trained, you know, so you're earning, you you're know. As soon earning as you while you're learning. Yep. That's, and then that's... it goes all the way through. We have our own in-house paramedic program now, so we can, you know, kind of a whole progression. And that was one of the things I really felt like was, you know, internally we haven't had this culture of, you know, we're going to train our own and keep them. It's been, you know, we kind of, take from somewhere and then somebody else comes along and takes from us and so it's kind of as an industry it's just always been that way and so it's kind of a different focus of Mm -hmm. you know kind of growing our own Uh, I think you know those folks are more loyal you know they are invested in an organization right Mm -hmm. and that's what we want because we want folks that are invested in taking care of people at the end of the day it's a very competitive market out there right now for, for paramedics. Yeah, unlike uh, any anybody really in the medical field right now, just uh-huh. because of the last few years. But yeah, para- EMS in general has never been like this before. Before taking this position, you were on the Allen County uh, Council. Yeah. And uh, uh, I teased you a little bit earlier about that. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience as, as a councilman? Yeah, Allen County was a really good experience. Number one, um, you know, they're the fiscal body, right? right. And so right. a budget of $100 million, And so a lot of what I'm doing in this job is actually budgetary um, and then billing, oversight, stuff like that. And so uh, that, was, that was a good background to just kind of roll into this position. And then also, you know, I learned some lessons as I got on there. I, I when I got elected, I thought, you know, I'm going to come in here and uh, make some changes and do some things, you know. And you learn really quick that it's it's a big wheel, the world out there, right? And, you know, one little guy can't turn that wheel by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so one of the first things I learned was you really have to build relationships with mm-hmm. people and build connections because, um, you know, a few of you working together can accomplish something. And, and the other thing on that is really when you, when you have, like, people – people have ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, that somebody might think of something or have a different perspective on something that you wouldn't have mm-hmm. otherwise. And so, you know, as I've kind of gotten into this role, I've spent some time, you know, meeting with the county chiefs and meeting with the Fort Wayne's mm-hmm. chief and just different individuals that are invested because each one of them, you know, has kind of a unique perspective and a little different take on things and different objectives. And so, you know, that was a really valuable lesson um, that there there's more than one way to do things, mm-hmm. right? And especially in a situation like what we've got going on here locally where we just don't have the staff, right. like trying to find outside-the-box ways to kind of do things. One of those was Earn to Learn. You know, some other ones have been changing to a tiered system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we used to have paramedics on every single ambulance, and we just don't have the staff to do that. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of studies out there that say this model might be a little bit better because um, you you focus your paramedics on the really bad incidents and so their skills are a lot better on the really important stuff so it's it's you know you have 50 paramedics and you only have 10 really critical runs well 40 of those paramedics for that month don't get to experience that and Mm -hmm. so they don't get to keep that they don't have as quite as good a training or you know and so it's but when you have 10 runs and you have 10 paramedics and they all each one of those get a run like you know they've experienced it and so they don't get the skill degradation. That's kind of the thing. So one of the questions that I get asked from time to time is, uh, why do fire trucks go out when an ambulance goes out? Uh, do you want to explain why we do that? Yeah, well, it doesn't always happen, right? Because only on priority ones, okay. which are the critical, um, you know, the heart attacks, the strokes, like I said before, the big traffic accidents. So the vast majority of our runs... They don't, they don't respond with us. Um, when they do, we, uh, we use them. A lot of them have paramedics on the, amb- mm-hmm. or on the engine, you know, or an advanced or some sort of. Anyway, they provide assistance to us. Um, there are a lot of things that we can't do. A lot of what we do is getting folks in and out of a house, right, right. on the cot, and uh, stairs to navigate, stuff like that. So they assist with that. They assist with the treatment. Um, you know, sometimes they can get there faster than we can mm-hmm. just because – there's just more there's 19 fire stations right. around you know and we we don't have that many ambulances sometimes so um so they do just, provide a, a, a good service oh yeah they're they're our backup there yeah, we work great. hand in hand with them every day great. and they're we couldn't do what we do without them yeah, honestly that's good to hear so. that's great to hear well joe with that that's pretty much all the time i have for today I want to thank you for for joining us and for stepping up and serving a a very important role in our community. You and your team are saving lives every single day in Fort Wayne, and we can't be more thankful for you and your staff. It's a great day here in the city of Fort Wayne. Let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon.